Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is Amy Thompson. She was the founder of Scene, a global marketing agency that worked with brands such as Nike, Microsoft and RBS. Amy is also the co-founder of a business school for future female leaders called Future Girl Corp, which has a very simple mission to it, which is to inspire the new generation of female leaders. They have some exciting news coming up as well, so make sure you're following Future Girl Corp on social media. And now, alongside her team, she is launching the Moody Month app, which I am so excited about personally, because this is an app that I feel is really needed, genuinely useful, and truly unique in its offering. The mission of the app is to empower every woman to harness their moods through understanding their hormonal and emotional selves. The Moody Month app will allow you to track your monthly moods and cycle. It plugs in straight to your calendar and really allows you to track your hormones and your moods really closely. You get personalised support and solutions for your moody days and you also get to reflect on your moods and there's some amazing tools that allow you to track and reflect and, and sort of capture all of that information in a really, really useful way. The message behind the app and the Moody brand is that moods and being moody is actually your biggest asset. We shouldn't hide away from moods. We should embrace them. And actually our moods make us human. It makes us different from being a robot. By being aware of your moods, you can optimise your own happiness and, and you can reconnect to yourself and embrace all the things that make you human. Amy has such an interesting story as well that she has shared so openly on this episode um, where the idea for Moody came from because it came from such a genuine place um, in her life. She felt like there was a gap there and, and we needed this technology as women to help us. In 2015, Amy's periods stopped due to stress. So she started a diary and she began to see patterns linking her bad moods and her hormonal imbalances And then she decided to make a change. She sold her agency, she broke up with her boyfriend and she set out on a mission to build this new technology which has now turned into Moody, the Moody Month app. The site and app are incredible. They offer loads of advice. There's loads of books and articles and superfood tips and there's also an online shop as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I found this conversation really inspiring with Amy and I hope you do too. And be sure to check out Moody, the app and the website because it really is revolutionary and I think all of Amy's hard work is going to genuinely change a lot of people's lives. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode and here it is. Right, well, I'm so excited to finally be with Amy Thompson because... I've been trying to get you on the podcast for months, but we needed to wait, I think, until the right moment. And now is the right moment. Definitely. It's all about timing, as is life. (laughs) Yes. So I'm here in Moody HQ. Is that what you're calling it? I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting because Moody does work quite well, but it's also um, the, the HQ kind of hub, but also very much an emotional space because we're just before launch so it's kind of a pretty moody moment at at this point not in a negative way but in a kind of we're all kind of trying to deal and process with a lot of the emotion that we're all having about the fact that we're just about to get this product which we've been talking about for a year Mm. into the market no it's it's a lovely space and it feels like homely and also obviously a place to get loads of work done so I wanted to start off by asking you about um 
the earlier days in your career because it feels like this is another chapter to your career isn't it this is a new venture but you've done so much before this like you've built and sold a business and then some the thing that's really interesting about it is it almost feels like another life now but um when I was 23 um I was really lucky enough to meet an incredible man uh, called Paul Seligman who at the time was looking to build agencies and um, me and my really good best one of my best friends actually um, Laura were thinking about starting this business and we were kind of young and excited um, but we had a very clear proposition which was very new so this was in 2011 and we wanted to basically create brand experiences which also bridge the gap between being events and also for social and this was before Instagram was even a thing even existed um, and we'd been working in PR and we realized that actually events were just being used to kind of entertain journalists which was one format for them but actually you could use them in a much more strategic way to be able to communicate with your audience directly um and so yeah we launched scene um and it kind of just went from zero to hero in a really short space of time and we were working with you know nike royal bank of scotland microsoft and we had huge clients but the reality was that the agency was delivering because we understood a market and a new space because we were the audience. Um, we were strategic in the way we were approaching it, but we also understood how we could make that commercially viable for the audience, um, cool, and also track. Because the main thing really with a lot of what we were finding from even from PR at the time was where was the value? Like what, what were brands actually getting from it? And we're seeing, we were able to kind of look at, well, this is something the audience wants. This is an experience that they're getting. And then how can you kind of almost quantify and understand what then the value looks like, which is by putting on social, getting your community to talk about it, how much was it shared? Yeah. Um, rather than it just being talked about in one piece of media, which then is kind of yesterday's news within 24 hours. So it was really powerful and a really exciting time. But yes, yeah, seven years on from that, I was in a place where I had been working myself essentially to the bone. And were you in your 20s during all yeah, of this? this was my, I mean, it, it's literally mad to me to even think about it. But yeah, this was my, my 20s were spent building this agency and we were working internationally, we were working all over the world and, and I was traveling a lot and actually I'd been spending a lot of time at Nike HQ um, in Portland, which was brilliant, but my periods had stopped. And I remember being in Portland and doing this big, kind of conference thing for Nike where I was talking about the kind of future of millennial marketing and the future of communications and audiences and I was just in this hotel room and I was like I haven't had a period for like six months and I and I it was kind of an, I'd known it and I'd been thinking about it and and then I was like sat in this room just thinking maybe this like and maybe I'm barren like it, all these different things were like playing out in my head and I was like I don't feel right I don't feel right in myself but I was still able to get on stage and I was still able to talk and do all of the stuff that I needed to do my body was just shut, literally shutting down mm. and then my default because of the work that I was doing was go for a run or go and do loads of cardio and I was I didn't realize at the time but basically what I was doing was just pumping my body full of more adrenaline and the problem that I was experiencing which I subsequently found out was adrenal fatigue which was essentially a my my hormones had crashed and my body had said excuse me but we need you to slow down without my brain actually even realizing because I'd basically gone into autopilot and 
you know it was and that is stress related it was all stress related yeah and it was because I I think I felt I knew I could do it I had the energy I was young I was passionate I was incredibly good at my job actually and I felt like that was what I should be doing and so I pushed and pushed and pushed and then finally yeah my body actually told me so and I was was, it was mad because I remember thinking I'm like I am so tired like I couldn't get out of bed like actually physically getting out of bed was a a problem so I was caffeinating if that's a word Um, (laughs) I was having all the sugar I was doing all the exercise and then basically one day I was like I I can't do this anymore so I went I, I started researching myself and the amount of googling that I did was insane and when you google my periods have stopped it's terrifying like the information it's one google away from you're gonna die tomorrow i mean yeah i mean obviously everyone gets the big c like um output as well and but but it was just i i just realized i was like this if this is something that i'm experiencing i can't be the only one so then i started researching because i also am a quite a, a obsessive person when it comes to something that's a problem so if there's a problem even if it's mine or someone else's I'm like how do you solve it um and so I just started researching from a medical perspective I was going to the GP so I went to my doctor and they they put me into so many I mean they 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 don't have the answer like really was the the bare bones of it so the main thing that they said was you need to keep a diary you need to keep track of what you're experiencing um and what what's happening and I was writing this diary and I don't even, so I'm in work, I'm using my phone to order an Uber to get me from A to B within 15 minutes. I'm like, this is 2016, so, or Addison Lee or whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I'm like getting food from anywhere in the world. I'm like using Nike Plus to like optimize my body to know exactly when I should and shouldn't be running or like knowing what, what pace I'm at. And I was, and I'm writing a diary, like analog. <laughs> It was insane. So I was keeping all these notes and then I was looking back through some of the information and I started to notice patterns. So I started to see the patterns between the types of meetings I was having, the types of moods that I was experiencing, that like heaviness in the mornings. And then I started to connect the dots a little bit and see that it was stress related, but also that there was patterns. So I went back to the doctor and they were like, well... It could be PCOS um, or it could be this. Um, So I then started doing all these scans. And obviously that compounds the problem because when you're stressed and you're thinking a lot about what that means for your body and then someone tells you that it could be something that would impact this huge part of your life, which could be your fertility, it compounds the problem. So yeah, fast forward six months and it literally took me six months to get to a conclusion and a a self-diagnosis basically through working with a nutritionist and a personal trainer. And I, I got to that point and I was like, I have spent a fortune on this and I am privileged because I have the ability to do that. I had money, I had access because of the business. And and I was like, this is mental that this is costing so much because basically what they told me to do was lay down and drink more green tea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so there's no pharmaceutical solution. There's no solution that hormonally is going to help me. I have to stop. That's the only answer to this. So it took that moment for me to realize that actually, okay, I'm going to stop. And then when I did stop, I realized that I, I was looking at the business and I was looking what I'd achieved and everything. And I was like, I feel really proud of this, but I also feel like I've, I've had my time and I'm not necessarily being the best, like managing director, CEO, like whatever, everything was just this kind of like amalgamation of me getting from day to day. And I was like, actually seen as a business was 
by that stage three agencies strong so we had the events communications agency we had a social and influencer agency and we also had a retail marketing agency within that group they were scaling they were doing really really well and actually I was holding the business back because I was so stressed and you know when you have a client base at the scale we had the financial implications are your overheads are massive you know we had teams of huge teams and and the cost per month of running and operating a business like that is huge and that is a massive pressure and it's not something you can solve when you're going through a lot of personal issues and also you've been in it for seven years and you're exhausted and you're overworked so I basically went to my board and I kind of said look uh, they, I, I don't know whether they actually I mean they must have thought I'd lost my mind because I, I basically said look I, I think I might be done um, I want to look at other things I want to look at other things that I could do and they were amazing they, they gave me some headspace to be able to think about what I wanted to do you know they were like okay uh, cool and then I came back to them and I was like I think I want to do periods and hormones <laughs> and I think they were like oh okay this is like the you know the instagram founders have just left yeah and they're gonna go and find themselves again yeah because you do you need need to go and find it's exactly it like otherwise you're not you're not productive and so i think we were talking about this before i was like what is my purpose like what is it that i I, and i felt like i'd learned how to scale a business i was 23 when i started it we were turning over tens of millions of pounds you know i knew how to build a business because i'd learned Mm -hmm. from being and doing it not from having an mba but actually having an opportunity given to me and being lucky definitely in that space um, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity but then being able to say okay how am I going to do this and learn I knew how to build forecasts I knew how to scale teams I knew how to recruit I knew how to I knew I could make money as well so I wanted to kind of use that but I didn't want to do it in communications and then I was like well this thing that I've experienced and all these problems shouldn't be something anyone else has to go through like it's mad to me and then you look at things like goop or you look at all these different amazing platforms which are about women's health and they're very exclusive they can feel very exclusive it's not that they're bad it's just that they're for a certain type of women and I was like well I want a space where women can talk about moods and hormones and that if you were googling something like my periods have stopped it doesn't throw out a hundred articles about the fact you might die or you might be infertile it's going to give you a, a breadth of information about what that might mean for you and but from you. and support yeah. from the perspective of experience and people's experience so that was where kind of I guess Moody first uh, came about was just the realization that I knew how to build a business because I'd done it um, I definitely didn't want to just go and sit on my hands and kind mm. of be unfocused I definitely wanted to do something but I had a, a new problem that yeah. I was solving did it did it surprise you that money like making money wasn't enough I because I only because I think some people think oh that's what I want and then they're like there's always something more Oh yeah, definitely. And I think in my 20s, I remember thinking about what motivated me. And it was really interesting because I was motivated by money. And I realized that then I had lots of, well, not lots of money, but I had enough money to have an incredibly comfortable life and a very, and I I felt really proud of that achievement, but it just wasn't fulfilling. And it also didn't give me anything in terms of what I actually wanted to do long term and it also felt very fluid it felt like I was responsible to continue that momentum and if I didn't then I was going to be failing in some way and I realized then also that the the issue isn't 
about whether you're motivated by money or not because mm. that in its own thing is a whole different topic of conversation yeah. and it's whether totally it's, fine to be motivated and it's fine to be motivated yeah. yeah and it I, like I've been reading a lot about that recently in terms of like a new generation of people who are motivated by money and it's like well money allows you to do something that has changed and so I was in a position where when I did sell my shares in the agency I had some money but rather than spend that money on myself or well some of it was about supporting myself but it was also about saying I wanted to give myself some headspace to be able to really think about what I wanted to do next and I did I gave myself a few months but I didn't give myself now in hindsight (laughs) enough time because I sold the business um really in September October last year and then on the 24th of October last year I launched a web platform and (laughs) wow I didn't realize it was so close it was it was like oh so I had a two-week holiday and then I threw myself into it but I was almost like a healing process for me because I I felt like I needed to do something which used that in a positive way but I hadn't given myself a headspace Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I started to think cool I've done that now I'm going to raise capital that I really felt the pressure because Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough money to self-fund a technology business and I didn't want to because I don't think if you look at how all the major tech companies were founded and and technology is kind of in my mind a huge gateway to being able to give access and information and and share insight in a in a bigger way rather than just in a closed group so I did want to build tech um, to help kind of understand and solve this problem of cycles and and patterns of moods and and all these different things I've been experiencing but I was like that's going to cost a shit ton of money (laughs) Mm. well let's talk about that because just to paint a quick picture so we met at Christmas there you are this amazing person who's just sold a friggin you know three-pronged agency you're like having a bit of time kind of in between and launch this platform and then you're off to LA to go and get investment like literally I was like I've only seen this on tv like you are doing it genuinely I was just so impressed by you how how like what happens like you land in LA and you have meetings but could you talk me through like what that is like yeah of course and like when we met I was equally as excited so we like had that really amazing conversation over dinner and I was like oh my god this woman's writing a book and it's going to be incredible and so in equal measure I was like whoa mind blown um but yeah I was I was in a weird space where I had I'd the investment that we had in the agency had come from an individual and I'd never I'd never raised capital in a more traditional what you describe as a traditional way which is you have a kind of traditional pitch doc you go and you present this pitch doc to um, potential investors so that could be venture capital that could be angels which is individuals or that can be um uh, kind of other like other pots of capital which can come from um family funds or whatever but anyway so I was actually learning a lot about this just from talking to lots of different people but I was it, it was a similar thing where I, I realized that there were not that many examples or many people that I had met who had raised or were raising capital in that way and I was really fortunate that I was in I, I had you know really good mates including Sharma like one of my best mates who was raising capital at the same time that's Sharma Dean Reed for anyone listening um, she's been on the podcast you can yeah. scroll back and listen she and and so we, we were kind of like learning so what you do when you're proactive is you just you go to meetups you read everything you listen to every podcast possible you you kind of begin to educate yourself you know you look at I was reading the pitch docs, which actually was something I think Sharma sent me, like from um, LinkedIn founders. And you look at how wow. pitch docs, there's an amazing book actually called Business Model Generation, which is 
like putting together loads of information and how you model things out, um, which I'd actually used previously in a lot of things as well. And so I was just kind of immersing myself in that space. And then basically, um, I remember receiving this deck, which was a a deck from um, Sequoia, which is a a fund. And it was a kind of how to build a pitch deck. And I literally was like, all right, so I'll just copy that then. So built this pitch deck and then just started conversations with people. And again, I I hadn't really thought about it too much because I just kind of threw myself into it because I in some ways didn't have a lot to lose. Like the worst thing that could happen was that I didn't get funding and I didn't get the money but I'd given it a crack so I started the conversations and I was flying out to LA and actually interestingly in America the only challenge was that I was founding a business in the UK and it wasn't an American company yet and in at that point I was like I don't feel comfortable because there were quite a few conversations that happened where I was pitching the idea and they were like this is incredible the market opportunity so the way that you pitch is you start with the problem it's literally like a step-by-step I can send you the um, Sequoia like deck that you can see it's like step-by-step so you start with the problem you then go to the solution you then look at how you're like which the solution is your product and what you're building you then look at okay, well, what from the solution is the actual execution? What does the product do? What's the market opportunity? So actually how much value can you achieve, um, which is comparable? So for me, I was looking at the period tracking market. So looking at businesses like Clue or... Um, you know other businesses which are scaled which were in that space or femtech which is a kind of bit of a gross categorization mm-hmm. word and then natural I was also cycles. natural cycles yeah um, cycles there's quite there's quite a few but there's also quite some really interesting um, femtech broadly which was looking at mood technologies and it was it, it was a space that was worth like well over 10 billion in terms of its valuation in the market and the way that you look at that is you look at things like crunch base and then you look at what Um, businesses have raised in terms of their capital raise and then you essentially build out a model based on understanding how much that value of that space is and then it sounds I mean I was I was thinking (laughs) you like throw in some gifts (laughs) I mean you could do that too it just depends who you're raising capital from sounds amazing like you are so clued up but but in the same way as when you're writing a book right you you research something because you you might have an idea about how to do it but you want to be informed and the more informed you are the more credible you are within the conversation because when you're pitching this idea so the idea is it's an app which allows women to track their moods and hormones what it gives you is a monthly report which then allows you to understand what are the patterns of your moods and hormones the pitch as a as an idea is this technology doesn't exist there are lots of apps that exist to track your period there are lots of apps that exist to be able to understand when you're trying to get pregnant or not get pregnant whereas your hormone cycle is a whole month of different information right the amount that you can put into it is genuinely going to change people's lives i remember when you first told me i was i was that annoying person that was like when is it coming out and i bet that's been annoying for you because it's not like oh you're creating this lovely app it's like no this app is needed yeah urgently but that's the problem i knew it was needed now but I didn't have the money to be able to get it into the market, right? So, so yeah, they, I kind of went through this process. I built this deck. I went out to California and I kind of started pitching to people. And there, a lot of the feedback was, we want to invest, but we want you to be a US company. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. So I came back to the UK and let it digest. And I was feeling really burnt out, actually. And I got back in January of 2018 and I just thought, 
I don't know if I can do it. Like I genuinely had this moment where I've like done all this research. I've put my heart and soul into trying to become an expert in some small way around this space. And then I was like, oh, and now I've fallen at the first hurdle. But then I had a magical moment where I was introduced to this woman, Kira, who's our lead investor. Um, I was, I remember I was pretty much sitting in my pants at my kitchen table thinking I was like, that's it. (laughs) How do I sell my house and like leave the country? I was like talking to the dog like he was my husband or something. I was like, I've lost my mind. Um, And then I was on email to the, literally at the same time on the email, being a crazy dog lady, um, talking to Kira about, um, about the business and she she phoned me and I was like oh okay um ah, pick up the phone hello and she was like oh um I just wanted to phone you because actually rather than communicate on email I think it's much better to have a conversation about this and I and I kind of went into robot pitch mode and I was like so let me tell you about the business and she was like I don't really want to hear about the business I want to hear about you and I was like hmm sat in my pants talking to the dog thinking are you sure you want to how hear much about you me know? how much you want to know like uh and then she was like well why don't you come to Ireland because actually it sounds like it would be a great conversation and I was just talking about you know the the story and what happened and 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 she was like it sounds like you might need a bit of space and I was like is this woman like a, a kind of magical person like a fairy godmother because I was like okay so I decided to book a ticket there and then to go to Cork to a stranger's house <laughs> and I was like oh god am I literally mental so anyway I got on this flight thinking at the time okay I have actually lost my mind get to Cork it's raining it's dark um and I was, I'd hired a car and I actually love to drive. Like driving is a huge part of my life. It's how I escape. It's the one time where I can switch yeah. off. So I'd like hired this, what I thought was a really swag car. The car didn't even have a radio. I mean, literally oh. it was a disaster. Getting it, it's an hour and 45 minutes to her house because she lives in rural Ireland. And I, I literally was driving and I was just, I was sobbing, like driving, <laughs> thinking, I have either lost my mind or I just need this woman to like give me a hug and I don't really know what I'm wanting from her and why am I here like this is so it felt like I'd been pulled into this space so anyway so I arrived there we like um uh, like I kind of was trying to find it in the dark and it was just a bit of a GPS disaster anyway get there and she opens the door to the car and she gave me a hug like I'd literally been thinking I'm not really sure what I want from this woman maybe I just want a hug she gave me a hug I kind of was again a bit of a robot I was like oh my god I don't even know what to do and I was like thank you so much for having me this is just beautiful and her house was incredible it was right on the coast um she was like oh um well if you want to dump your bags you can either just go to sleep or you can come and have dinner with us and her and her incredible husband who who makes uh, boutique knives um with I mean they're just the whole thing was insane so had made me homemade ramen my favorite meal it was meant to be Uh, and we're living in this incredible world where I was and we just drank whiskey and talked about life and then the next morning we went for a swim in the sea which was freezing like literally (laughs) the coldest that I've ever been and it was like the first second week of January or something and then we went and sat in this incredible cafe in school which is like where this beautiful village where she lives and we talked about the business like much more of a like okay well what is it and she was a data analyst so she was in um, derivatives trading in the city made all her money from an incredible kind of uh, career in being really the only female data analyst in a hell of a male dominated space and 
I was talking about what I wanted to do with Moody, which was not just build an app for girls, but actually build a piece of data technology, which allowed us to, rather than sell you stuff, reflect your moods and hormones back to you. So that rather than data be used as a sales tool, it could be used as a tool for empowerment. And obviously that's a hugely resonant thing for her, but also how am I sat in this tiny cafe, in this tiny village, doing exactly what I needed to do, which was jump in a very cold pot of water, being the sea, talking about something, and she was like how much money do you need and that was the first lead investor and I I left in my crap car to drive back and I didn't cry this time from being sad I cried because I realized that there was a real destiny to it and I literally have never and Kira's been really important so not only is she a lead investor she's also a data analyst she's got experience in Python which is a machine learning code form we've built a whole female engineering team and she's she's there to to, like every time I pick up the phone and she's like there to talk to and I just I literally there was that moment where I was like okay there's something bigger than me in this situation that wants this to happen and whether that sounds like existential or not I'm not really sure this is it's so comforting to hear and so magical because I think it would have been so weird if some random man in a suit yeah was like investing in this I know I mean maybe they can as well but just like to have someone who cares and this magical kind of like moment of like women supporting each other and it being yeah more than and it was it, yeah it's, it's a different type of investment isn't it exactly financial and, and emotional do you know what's so interesting because i had pitched to a lot of men in suits and they had been it was hard and it was difficult because the thing that they would always say is period tracking's over like it's like it's done it's a crowded market and i was like but what if you don't have a period? This isn't a period tracker. You can track your period with it, but it's reflecting your moods and your patterns back to you. That doesn't exist. Mm. And, and there's a lot, lot of different types of women out there. And there's a lot of different there. types of women. <laughs> and, you know, we have focused in on menstrual cycle in the first phase of the launch because it makes sense because it's information that's available, but we want to build so much more than that. And they just didn't get it. Like they didn't get it. And it was when Kira sat down and she was like, this is going to be massive. And I was like thanks and mm. she put the money so she didn't just say that she put the, her money where her mouth yeah. is and she invested like you know over one hundred and fifty thousand pounds wow. so i think i'm allowed to tell people that no so yeah. it's public knowledge so that's, yeah that's incredible because yeah. with i mean not to be well i was gonna say not to be too angry feminist about this but no i will be um but do you think that the reason it feels and i hate it when people are like it's 2018 because that's that doesn't mean anything like people have always said it's the 70s and yeah. it's like but but we are in a modern era where a lot of technology is around D- does it shock you that it's that this is actually a problem that you are solving sat here now a woman in the 21st century it does but it doesn't surprise me and i think that the reality of it is Building a piece of technology that helps people understand their moods and their emotions couldn't have happened any sooner, actually, because we're not we're in an era of emotional intelligence now. Um, And actually, that's a very I mean, I, I think about it being more of a kind of masculine feminine rather than men and women like you know, this is a very, it is a very feminine era. And, and I think that's really positive. And I think also money does allow you to build something. And it's been really interesting to me because I realized the reason that it doesn't exist isn't that someone hasn't had this idea before and isn't that it hasn't potentially even been tried. It's that 
the combination of being able to turn it into a commercially viable business and also something which can then reach traction and you know that doesn't rely on selling data or anything to be sustainable because our we, we have got a business model which isn't about selling data it's about building technology which then provides solutions so we give natural solutions which are diet and exercise and also vitamins and supplements and that's how we eventually in the future will start to look at like how can we rather than every woman taking paracetamol for headaches at certain points in her month or if you're experiencing bloating rather than defaulting to you know all the different things which have have been very pharmaceutical led how can we start to unlock different more natural solutions and and remedies that are more about rhythm and pattern um those ideas coming together in one space feels as though it can happen now Mm. and actually rather than talk about you know the frustrations and I, I, I feel really passionately actually that rather than us look back and look at what has been frustrating certainly for women in the past and has held or felt like it's been suppressive or been suppressive we can now unlock and actually what moody does is it allows women to be empowered by their emotions being moody isn't a bad thing the reason it's called moody is because actually your moods are your biggest asset they're the thing that's going to allow you to make choices be productive be motivated but also you need to listen when you're feeling crap Mm -hmm. because you're not always going to be if you're always happy you're manic or if you're always sad you're depressed i remember reading this book called the the i think it's called the importance of negative emotion yeah but it's all about how anger you you need anger and you need sadness and you need that you need all of them yeah you need a balance and so being moody isn't a bad thing but most women have been called moody at some point in their life so let's claim Mm. it back let's take it back i love that and say actually being moody is something that i'm going to use to my benefit to be able to understand how and what is going on in my world and therefore rather than talk about how suppressed and how negative we've been treated historically actually now ironically being moody is our biggest asset for change I believe and I think actually being able to tap into your emotions tap into your cycle tap into yourself will be the future of how women can be confident and support each other to then create more equilibrium rather than it be about the kind of more masculine end of things which is logic and suppress emotion because that's not got anywhere very far like anyone very far right it's like men need to track their moods as well everyone does it's you know the reality is that this isn't you can actually use it even if you're a man or a woman you just wouldn't put in period dates right but the reality is actually I think for for women it's important to have a space and have a safe space so we've designed and built it by women for women because we want it to feel like your period isn't a utility it's not something that you are tracking to say is it on or off and even if you don't have it understanding the patterns of your cycle should feel like just part of your lifestyle so that's why it's been designed and built in the way it has so clever because there's so many people like on the coil and things like that aren't like with certain contraception you don't have periods yeah it's really inclusive for everyone yeah and and you know you just say I don't have a period and then basically the thing that it will do is then you track your you basically track your mood so you log every day if you want to or once a month but the thing that we found really powerful and the thing that's been the most um, in the beta testing was the memos so what you can do is you write yourself a note every day I cannot wait and I (laughs) and I use it I mean I'm biased obviously but I use it all the time so you write text memos to yourself or voice memos to yourself and then the end of each month it sends you a time capsule of all your memos and all the little messages you've sent to yourself and not all of them are good in fact I have been highly indexing on slightly anxious feeling a little bit worried 
ah, I'm crashing and burning. Oh my God, what have I done? To like, all oh the my totally God, normal feeling feelings yeah, before yeah, yeah. a launch. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of highs and lows roller coaster. And then you get your time capsule at the end of the month and you can retrospectively look back and listen back to all that information. And I love that because you know, like, with time hop, like yeah. you look back on certain events. I really think it's important to be like, this is how I was feeling. Yeah. This in, is how in I was September feeling. last year. Exactly. Yeah. What were my moods? What was the like, and then you can either celebrate and say, I'm feeling so much better than I was then or you can be like I'm still feeling not great I need to do something about this and then if you do decide to go to your doctor you can be like look this is the information so no one has to do basically what I did which was spend well hopefully six months writing a paper diary (laughs) crying over the information and then retrospectively going back and trying to work out the patterns because you'll be able to go to your doctor and say this is what I've been feeling this is my diary this is the information and I I need you to look into this and actually have the word as well the types mm. of information that we need is is very much about feeling confident to to say yeah no it's genius blimmin genius I can't wait because I am a manual writer as well and I I suppose I'm trying hard to track things but to have an app that does all of that hard work for you and it is and I know the word empowering is like overused in loads of marketing but this is genuinely taking that power back isn't it yeah and but in a positive way it's yeah. not you know I think it's about having Knowing a really exciting yeah and it's not uh about yeah looking back and saying oh every moods and emotions have been like so like repressive and we've been told that we're you know continually hormonal and actually now let's yeah let's take it back in a positive yeah. way and own it totally and, yeah. um and then just lastly I guess as someone who is a kind of seasoned pro at this stuff um but also being you know honest yourself about you using the app and we all get moods we all struggle with things highs and lows um for anyone listening who is thinking oh wow like I would love to start my own company in the future or maybe someone's got an idea and it might be ticking along. Is there any tips that you do have just for kind of your own well-being? Yeah, definitely. I think, and it's really easy to give advice, right? And not take it yourself. And I have to be really mindful of this myself is just don't try and solve the world straight away, but do have big ambitions with what you want to do and write them down. Um, There's a really... Um, we're actually so me and Sharmadine started a, a business school for girls um, which was called Future Girl Corp and actually at the end of this year we're going to be launching some kind of step by steps of all the stuff we've basically learned even in the last like we just want to share all this information so that you so more girls especially don't have to do an MBA to be able to start a business and the, the kind of first port of call is write down what your vision is um, what is the vision for what you want to achieve and then also what is your mission how are you going to do it mm-hmm. so for me it was I my personal vision was I don't ever want anyone to have to explore or, or kind of go through this same process of, 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 of due diligence on your body and then the vision for the business is help women better understand themselves and the mission is to create technology which allows you to do that because oh, yeah. the technology is the ability for you to do that on mass because we could have done something which was very much about a community group or a specific thing which was very focused on London but actually this should be for everyone and it should be democratic and it should be free so that was the mission so yeah if you're like wanting to or have a brilliant idea for a business write down your vision write down your mission and then also 
as I say, a, a brilliant kind of way of doing it is just looking at the people that have done it, not necessarily in your market even, but who are your inspirations, who are your role models? And I'm really excited about the next two years because I think we're really going to start to see more role models. You know, it's not just going to be about a kind of, a single type of woman that can start a business there's going to be every type of woman mm. that can start a business and that starts yeah. to open up whole new channels of inspiration and productivity and yeah, yeah it's going to be super cool I love that because it is I feel like it is, there is still like a stock stereotype like that yeah. we're clinging on to but it is changing and you can be yourself and you can you can wear what you like you can look however you like you can sound however you like you can build an, an amazing business just yeah you don't have to change no but you do have to be nice to people yeah, you do <laughs> so the biggest thing is like that's a, know, that's a being, misconception as well I think yeah that you have to be this like bitch boss lady yeah and I I think you know you you need people you can't do it in isolation and you know the the thing that if you have an idea and you want to do it the challenge is when you I'm a big believer in when I say I'm going to do something I go and do it um so when you do say you your idea out loud it makes it very real um but it is the first step to being able to start but telling your friends telling people around you trying to find people to talk to about the idea and interrogating it because you know moody didn't happen because i had an idea and then i went and did it straight away it's two years really of process understanding and then also building teams and everything else mm-hmm. but you, you know you have to start that process by by talking about it and using your friends and your network to support you because yeah. also the biggest risk I think to most businesses is people if you're a sole founder or a kind of co-founding team is feeling overwhelmed by the position you're in and mm-hmm. then not being able to carry on because actually your emotions are important and if you push yourself too hard too quickly you're not going to be able to get to the end yeah which is tough. Yeah. But I, I thought it was amazing how, um, you know, I've been following Moody on Instagram, for example, for like over a year and and it's already made a change to me. It's already yeah. given me content. And and I just thought that was really clever, actually, because you introduced it in that way and we, we knew something was coming and it, it was like a phased approach. Yeah. Well, also obviously you did that on purpose. Yeah, but it was also like, I mean, the apps... So Moody Month is kind of the the app and the the platform. And I think Moody Month is a like kind of idea is that your month is your space. It's your like environment. But we had to build authority to be able to talk about moods and hormones and be able to talk about your month as something other than just or your period within your month or your kind of hormone cycle within your month as being something more than just a pain in the ass. And actually, we needed to build that credibility through content or I felt from my background as well. And that was also my background where it was communication. So it felt as though the application. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in with the branding. I'm in with the tote bags. I'm just like, I literally was like, sign me up. And and it's important, isn't it? It's like with um, like Emily Weiss Weiss, with Glossier. It's like, yeah. I, I trust the person behind this brand. I yeah. trust the brand and I'm like a part of the gang. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. Oh my God, this has been an absolute pleasure. I love thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much.